Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hey, welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside the magnificent Kevin Ray. Yeah, I'm building you up I'm bigger. like an intro already. <laughs> <laughs> building you up bigger this week, my friend. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Kevin Ray is joining us of Insight Folios. He does each and every week for about, uh, what, five plus years at this point, Kevin? Yeah. You've been yeah, on the air. It's been airwaves. a while. Yes. You are, my friend, a radio veteran now. How does that feel? Wow. That, you know, that's funny that you say that because when you made it five years in my industry, you're also considered a veteran. So Is that right? Is that yes, the mark of five yeah. years is, is you're five a veteran? Years, okay. Yeah. Five years. If you can make it that far, that's that's the key point, it seems to be. Well, I, does that apply to every industry? Are you a veteran five years into anything? I'm, I'm going to guess not. I'm going to guess not also. Yeah. Because these, these are tough things to do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first started doing radio with you and we started the show, I was, I was really nervous. I didn't want to sound you know, too crazy, too out there, but I know I do. But after a while, right, you just kind of assimilate into it and you just keep doing your own thing. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm over here going, you, you, did, you didn't want to sound too crazy? Or yeah, yeah, is yeah. That, does that still apply today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it still applies today, but I don't pay as much attention to it. Uh, I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. If this was a responsive talk show, what do you consider in your industry, you know, veteran status? Yep. From a financial advisor standpoint, the majority of people don't make it five years. Is that right? That's, a lot of yes. people burn out faster a lot, than that? While they burn out, they don't make it, they, you know, they don't stick to it whatever for whatever mm. reason. And that's why, you know, I remember getting my five year pin at the time and it was it was quite it was quite a thing. Well, you know, I yeah. I, I didn't did not think I wasn't going to make it five years. It was just unusual. Yeah, I started radio when I was 16. So by the time I got to 21, like I was just graduating college and like, hey, I'm, I'm a veteran. I'm just getting out of college. I'm already a veteran, guys. So <laughs> Your voice has been known for years, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, that's good stuff. Well, we're going to put your veteran knowledge. Well, I guess you're a veteran times, what, six at this point? Six, yes. 30 years of experience. Hey, look, I did math. Fantastic. Six times five, 30 years of experience. I'm uh, going to write that on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. I am a veteran times six. <laughs> a six-time veteran or something like that. Uh, so we're going to put that 30 years of knowledge to the test on today's show, Kev. We're going to talk about housing in retirement. One of the biggest discussions any retiree is going to go through with themselves or with an advisor uh, as you put together a plan. We're also going to look at imminent disaster. Where in your financial life might disaster be lying right around the corner and can we uncover it in time and fix the problem all that and more on the way on today's show kevin you ready to dive into all this let's give it a whirl walter all right well let's start with this housing discussion because i i gotta think it's just a really big component for anybody that's coming into working with you and so we're going to discuss some of the different pros and cons of the various options that retirees tend to then consider when they get into retirement or as they're getting ready to retire both right out of the gate, but then also down the line further into retirement, how do these decisions evolve a little bit? And it sounds like a lot of people probably go through that conversation, first of all, of just trying to decide whether they should stay in the same house or move to a different home. And you help people break down the pros and cons of that? Yeah, I mean, we do. We deal with this quite a bit. 
um, as far as people when you get ready to retire. Sometimes, you know, it's even purchasing a new home too, Walter, because they want to swarm in the winter. But if we look at that home issue, I'll give you my aunt, for example. She just went through this. You know, she was thinking about staying in her home or maybe downsizing, going to a smaller home. And she ultimately decided, you know what, I have comfort sitting in my home. You know, I've been here. I know where things are at. You know, the grandkids and the kids are right next door. You know, the home was paid off, all of those types of things. It's just a familiar, you know, being there, familiar with everything. Unfortunately, my uncle had passed. So now she has, you know, more responsibilities and and those types of things. But on the con side for her, you know, she has an upstairs. So she rarely goes upstairs. She had a hip replacement. So that's kind of, you know, limiting her right now until she gets uh, better recuperation. You know, the the cost, the upkeep and everything, their big, um, they have the outdoor wood furnace you know what i'm talking about you put wood in it during the winter and then it heats the house yeah and wood and stove all. and all that yeah so that's becoming more you know as she's getting old it's becoming more you know burdensome and you know the house is you know needing painting and those types of things on an annual basis like all houses do so there's some pros and cons and i guess it depends on where you're at in your type of life your physical condition um whether your spouse is here to help out all those kind of things come into play but we deal with this all the time when people come into to our office, do I stay? Do I go? You know these types of things. Well, that's really important. And so, if you're trying to look at the pros and cons of each of these situations, let's just kind of break each of them down in that regard. So, yeah, the stay in the home, buy a new home, go all those directions. Certainly, one big portion of the equation. Now, some folks, I mean, it used to be pretty common, right? We're going to downsize when we get into retirement, and it seemed like it was nothing but pros for most people in that category. Now, there's a few cons. It's a little bit more of a balanced decision. It seems like these days, right? Well, it is. I mean, if you're going to downsize, obviously you have a smaller place and maybe you don't have as big as yard. You don't, you know, maybe you got newer siding that doesn't need to be, you know, held attention to newer shingles. Again, I have another aunt who just sold her house and downsized. Just what we're talking about now. And she moved from the country to in town. You know, the pros of this was closer to everything. She could walk downtown, which she enjoys doing every day. A lot less upkeep because her, her house was an older farmhouse that was fixed up nice don't get me wrong but this this newer house here has everything done to it and two car garage is just that's attached and the other garage wasn't necessarily attached you know freed up a lot of money for her too she sold her house that she's been there for 40 years walter and it freed up a lot of cash i mean it sold there was 40 acres there it sold for quite a quite a um you know a price there and then now she has more cash because she paid cash for the the new house and then she has this cash left over so it helps her out there but the cons are you know downsizing doesn't always mean downsizing your cost so you know sometimes you know if you're going the opposite way you're going from a newer house to an older house well then you're going to maybe have to fix it up more I mean, the stress of moving, Walter, you moved here recently. How stressful is that? Yeah, it comes with a lot of stressors. You got to take things in stride. You got to know when to put your foot down on certain decisions and then when to just let things roll. Um, So, yeah, it it, it can be one of the more stressful things you go through in life. I mean, it's a it's a process that's sometimes several months long. Right. Or maybe even a year or more for some people in terms of when you first say, "Okay, we are going to move or sell or buy by the time it all wraps up. And then for the first few months of the move, you're then you know, probably stress with settling in and all those kinds of things. So. Yeah, and, and getting from point A to point B, yeah, you know, all those things. And then, you know, when the holidays come around or the summer comes around, in my aunt's case, 
she has a whole lot less room now because she's downside. So when the family comes over, it's more of a, I don't want to say struggle, but it's more of an issue because of the, the space that's there. So there's, there's pros and cons to everything that we do in life. We know that going into life. But for her, it's working out very, very well because everything's so convenient. You know, she can walk, she's in town, um, all of those things that come into play. So her, for her, it was a good, it was a good trade. Yeah, that's a really good point. So staying in the home, one big decision, downsizing another one. Now, the housing conversation evolves as you get further into retirement. And these have been popping up, I think, a lot more in recent years, Kevin. CCRCs is the short form for this next thing. Continuing Care Retirement Communities. Again, CCRCs. Tell us what you know about those and then what are the pros and cons that people usually then kind of break down when they consider that type of living. And as, this funny story, Walter, you'll like this. I walk into the, um, you know, the CCRC, as you're putting it, to meet my client. They just moved there. I wanted to go and see what, how they were faring, all those types of things. And then I walked in, there's a gentleman's, uh, gentleman's club there, probably eight, ten guys playing pool. Wait, wait, and, a, a gentleman's club or a different, yeah, well, different kind well, of gentleman's you know, club? Different kind of gentleman's <laughs> okay, club. You know, all, the gent, all the gentlemen were there, right? <laughs> an, an actual gentleman's club. Yeah, not... yeah, there's probably six or eight of them playing pool there. <laughs> not the other version yeah, of the gentleman's club. And okay. when I walked in, there's this big, beautiful place, right? And there's all kinds of things going on. And one of these gentlemen, that's why I call it a gentleman club, said, who are you looking for? And I told him who I was looking for. And he goes, well, they're not going to be there. You know, they're going to be back probably 20 minutes or so. How about playing us a game of pool? Well, long story short, after our playing us a game of pool and they took 20 bucks from me. Um, they they hustled, co- hustled you right out they, of there. They huh? hustled me right out of 20 bucks. So I can tell you that. They were very good at it. They were ni- very nice guys. My client came in. Hi, you say, oh. Come on in. Let's play some pool. You can show us how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> My client came in and his first words, did they get you for 10 or 20? And I said 20 and because uh, they've done it before, obviously. Yep. But, you know, the, the pros is there's, there's all these activities that are going on. There's dinner served, you know, there's lunches served. They had buses going here and there to, you know, to keep your, your day filled. Um, you know, you, you have the peace of mind where there's if you needed help, that's when my clients were, were, were moved there because he had some surgeries or recovering well from. And if he needed help, all he had to do was stick his head out the door or press a button and, and people were there. One of his main complaints there was, I think at that time, you know, it was quite costly. You had to pay, you know, a monthly fee up front. And sometimes you can't even get in because there's a waiting list uh, uh, to get in certain communities because certain communities are pretty popular. You know, those will work out for some people. Some people, they don't. But they're very, the ones I've seen, Walter, are very, very nice. And if you walk into one um, and the gentlemen are playing pool, be careful and hold on to your wallet. I love it. That's a great, great way to look at that one and uh, to discuss. So very important to know your options when you get into retirement. And uh, there's one other angle I think we should cover here. We've talked all about like owning homes and then obviously the CCRC solution. Well, again, I've talked about how things have changed a lot over the years. And this is something that I don't think was very popular. People wouldn't go from owning a home to renting one in retirement. But that's an option now. You can become a renter. What are the pros and cons? of people who explore that direction of things well if you become a renter all of those you know headaches of, of ownership are gone you don't know you don't have to mow the lawn anymore you don't have to wash your siding replace your shingles all of those things that we we all do each and every year i just did some landscaping walter because i was tired of these weeds growing up in between my paver stones so we had those tore up, and that's, you know, I didn't do it. I hired somebody to do it, but it's still a pain just to, to get people there this day and age to perform the work. 
And uh, we had a guy, nice guy named Nair, T- Tyler from Tyler's Lawn Care, and he, he come in and he did it all for me, but it still took time, still took all those, you know, the, the headaches that come along with that, and you're going to pick this out, pick that out. But in the end, it kind of, we're hoping it frees up some time for us. And if you're going to move again, obviously we've had people who move from, well, I, I'll give you an example. I had a client that moved from Harrison, his wife had passed away, and he moved to an apartment down by his daughter down in Lake Orion. A lot less stuff had to come through. In fact, he had a big he had a big sale. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to move from here and I'm going to go to Florida because, you know, all his friends were down there. So it was a lot easier getting everything into a trailer and haul it down there, which he did. So you, you freed up all of that money um, that he had in the house, he had a nice house on a golf course in Harrison, freed up all of that money, was able to pay the rent, wasn't worried about all the upkeep that was going on. Um, that he had to maintain before and he had some old cars and he had a garage like tinkering in but all of that stuff was gone and on the flip side well you're not building an equity at the time either so if you're building equity or if you want to leave it to your kids you want to that's your biggest part of your inheritance is going to be your home to your kids that's not going to be there the you know if you're renting that payment is due the first of every month it never goes away you have to come up with that payment make sure that payment's there otherwise you know it's not going to be a friendly conversation you're, you know, you eliminate assets that can be sold to cover the long-term care needs. Like we said here, um, you know, he had some old cars. He sold all of those things. He didn't take them with him. Um, but just lots of stuff on the con side, I think, because at first for, his name was Ken. At first for Ken, it was an, it was a nice transition. But at the end, he was like, you know, I wish I had my home back. And, but if, you know, I would say for the first four or five years, he was really enjoying it. And then he just got tired of, the rental experience as he called it you know because you're an all-in-one big complex typically um and he he didn't enjoy that so there are some pros and some cons and sometimes it works sometimes it it doesn't for people well and this just scratches the surface of that housing conversation you've got other people who want to do the two-home solution you've got folks who grab the rv and live in that for half the year or maybe even full-time for a couple of years while they're on the younger end of things and still mobile and so we could take this in a lot of different directions there's the options of moving back in with family and going more with a multifamily solution that maybe not be the ideal thing but is an option for some people so it's, it's it's all over the place it's all over the place yes yeah it's why it's so important to get a good plan and work with an advisor who uh, has seen people have all these different experiences and and consider all these different moving parts and so if you're looking to work with somebody like kevin who's local we mentioned the many many years of experience in the retirement and financial planning space He's the author of the book, Navigating Through Retirement, and that's exactly what his plans do, help you get to and then navigate through retirement. So pick up the phone, give Kevin a call. If you've got any questions on your mind, it might start something as simple as, hey, I'm not quite sure if we should stay in our house or not when we retire. Boom. That usually will start the conversation and get you on the path to a better plan. Uh, Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's more to do with your investments or your savings or not sure if you have enough or even just needing to pick a retirement date. Sometimes it just begins with a little pondering like that. So if you've got any of those kinds of questions for Kevin, pick up the phone, give him a call and start that conversation. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-PLAN or 888-885-7526. You can also find Kevin online at insightfolios.com. Click the listen button. You can ask a question, check out past episodes of the show and more, or pop into the office there in Pinconning and come say hello. Again, easiest way to do it is to reach out. If you get the voicemail, just leave a quick note. Kevin will follow back up with you. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-PLAN. All right, more coming up on today's show. So stay with us. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Coming up, imminent 
disaster? Is there trouble lurking right around the corner in your financial plan? We're not going to try to scare you, but we'll try to open your eyes up to where there might be some pitfalls hiding in plain sight in your portfolio. We'll talk about that and more coming up next on the show. No need to make things hard on yourself. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Learn a simpler way to invest. Thanks for being with us today on Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area based in Pinconning. You can email Kevin if you've got a question at kevin at insightfolios.com. It's that easy, kevin at insightfolios.com. You can also call 888-885-PLAN to get in touch as well. Kevin, I want to talk about some of the areas in our financial life where disaster might be right around the corner. Maybe we're unaware that that uh, imminent disaster is even possible for us. But for more people than not, uh, there's often some of these, I don't know, whatever you want to call them, pitfalls, landmines, traps, etc., all around the corner. And so we want to expose those on today's show so people can go ahead and get a peek around that corner and then address some of these areas before they turn into any sort of disaster. Now, we try not to overinflate things here on this show. You'll hear a lot of radio shows in the financial space, Kevin, where people will try to scare you or have fear and doom and gloom and try to get you to take action through stoking those emotions. And that's not the purpose of today's show. So just want to be above board with everybody. We're not trying to scare anybody out there, but just open eyes to possibilities. Would you agree that's sort of the, the tenor of our show today? It is, and whatever you're about to ask, Walter, I probably have some stories. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, let's see where these things have happened before. Now, the first one's going to seem pretty innocuous, but can have some pretty bad results if it's not set up properly. And that's out-of-date uh, out legal documents. It's not something that people are just in the habit of doing. Is it's like constantly updating those legal documents. It sounds boring um, and is boring to go do it. So <laughs> it's one of those things we don't want to do. But You'd rather go to the dentist, right? Right, yes. right. Yes. Oh, yeah. just about. Yeah. Uh, so I know you You've got stories probably of, of why that's such an imminent danger for some folks. Well, first, let's take a look at what legal documents that I've seen, you know, people kind of get in trouble with. So we're talking about your trust, your wills, and in particular, your power of attorney. So I can give you a couple of stories along those, along those lines. If you don't have a power of attorney put in place, Walter, I can give you a great example. Family member, you know, didn't have a power of attorney put in place, was after them for years ended up getting into a horrific accident. It was a long rehab, all those types of things come into play. And because there was no power of attorney put in place, the family members necessarily didn't agree on everything. So it ended up going to the judge. The judge ended up appointing a conservator and the conservator took over. Now, if you want to go down that road, that's a good way to go down that road. Don't get these legal documents. I don't recommend it at all, but that's one of the reasons you do these things. So if you're incapacitated, you need somebody that you can trust and that you, you want to take over and control your affairs until you get back up on your feet. That's the powers of attorneys. Now, that's financial and health. Let's look at special needs trust. I have a, a nephew who, who we have one in place for. Um, for He was born with you know some, some disabilities. If special needs trust, maybe you need to update the trustees. Who's going to take over for that person if you are gone? You need to update maybe what's called successor trustees in, inside your trust. Who's going to take over? if you can't those types of things how about your will most of the time you know if you come into my in my office we have an attorney here she's gonna you know try to talk to you you know tell you the pros and the cons of the wills that we that we've just done but the wills maybe you need to update that maybe you've gotten married again maybe you have new kids maybe whatever the, whatever the reason is you need to sit down and you need to update those things 
my advice is, you know, I know it's boring. I know it can be tedious, but get those things put in place because they're critical at the time when you most need them. Don't, you know, don't procrastinate about these things. Everybody should have powers of attorney, financial and health. And remember, I'm not a an attorney, so you have to go to an attorney and do that. You know, you have benef- you know beneficiaries. We'll talk probably about that in a little bit. But these legal documents, get them and put in place, so the court doesn't step in and the court doesn't take over and appoint somebody that you don't want. That's very, very critical. And these legal documents, Walter, they're they're not that expensive to get done. If you get your powers of attorney and all those things put in place, they're not expensive. That's just something that needs to be done. We all need to do it because there's going to come a time in life when we're going to need it. And if you don't have it done, that's the time that you're going to really pay for it. So, you know, get those things put in place. Yeah, just being out of date in those documents is certainly a danger. And then there's sort of a part two to this one, and that's when it comes to incorrect beneficiary designations. And and I guess that could be considered out of date, could lead to them being incorrect. But this one just deserves its own conversation. Well, yeah. So everybody should have beneficiaries, for example, on their bank accounts. Why, Why do I say that, Walter? So if you pass away, they know who to give that money to. Yeah, so it doesn't go, go to probate, right? Yeah, exactly. Avoids probate. And even if you don't know what probate is, folks, you don't want to be there. Or no. you want as little amount of what you own and have to go there. So <laughs> Exactly. exactly. <laughs> purgatory. You don't, yeah, you, don't want to, you don't want to go to purgatory. You know, I think it took, what, 30 years for Howard Hughes to go through oh, probate. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. That's why we don't want these imminent disasters to uh, to pop up on you. Let's address them. Uh, the tax time bomb is on our list for imminent disasters. This is for folks who just don't realize maybe just how much exposure they have to the tax world. Well, yeah. So let's assume something, Walter. Let's assume um, I'm going to give you a math question. You ready? Get your calculator handy. Oh, boy. Thanks for the warning. Yes. Okay. okay. Let's assume you have a, I don't know, let's, let's go $250,000. Okay. So let's t- I'll even make it easier for you. Let's take the rule of 72. You remember how to use that? Yeah, the interest rate into 72, so, how long yeah. it's going to take to double, right? To double, exactly. Okay. So let's say we average oh, 10%. We'll make the math easy. How many okay. years does it take to double? Uh, 7.2 years. Yep. So we had 250. Now what do we have seven years later? 500,000. 500,000. I haven't even all. used the calculator yet. This is yeah. good. <laughs> there you go. I'm proud of you. <laughs> So we've doubled our tax situation in seven years in this case. Yeah, well, that's another lens to look at it through, right? Yeah, you doubled yeah. your money, but you doubled your tax exposure. You double your tax exposure, too. Mm-hmm. So that's how quickly it can get out of hand. Now, the, the the back end of this, too, is a lot of people, you know, they'll go through life and they'll double, they'll triple, they'll quadruple their investments. But then who does it go to when they're gone? Those beneficiaries, right? Those beneficiaries, mm-hmm. right? If you updated them. So those beneficiaries are going to receive them. Now you've just passed on that tax time bomb to your beneficiary. This is where the planning can come into place. If you're thinking about legacy, we can really sit down, and I'm doing this with a couple of clients right now, of the same same, uh, same similar situation, is we can lessen those taxes for the beneficiaries. We can plan for it ahead of time. We can get all kinds of things in place to make sure that you know your state, if it gets that far, gets down to your beneficiaries the most tax advantage way possible. And then if you're living and you're going to use this, there's some still some critical planning techniques that can be used to lessen the taxes. But how do you know? You don't sit and wait. You get involved in your own tax time bond planning and you start that planning process and you look, how can I lessen the taxes now? Because I'm maybe I'm going to use this half a million dollars over the next 10 or 15 years. Well, there's some planning that needs to be done. You need to sit down. You need to talk to your advisor, your tax person, 
person and say, how can I get it out of here with the most tax advantage ways possible under the current laws? So the tax time bomb can be really big. It can be huge. Or you can minimize it a lot of times by sitting down, doing the planning, you know, looking down the road, uh, looking in the future and seeing just how bad it's going to get out of control. For most people, Walter, they never think about it. They just think, I got this money and it's good. I, I have a good feeling it's there. But they never give thought to what's it going to be 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road? How much more taxes am I going to pay? pay? And let's just assume that you're going to leave it to your, your, your beneficiaries and you're passed away in 10 years. Well, the tax laws are probably going to be a whole lot more in 10 years than they are today. So that's why it's critical to sit down and start figuring this tax time bomb issue out before it gets out of hand. All right, so far we've talked about having out-of-date legal documents, incorrect beneficiary designations, the tax time bomb. These are areas where people often don't realize they've got some imminent disaster lurking in their portfolios. Uh, If you have questions about any of these items, don't hesitate to reach out to Kevin. You can call 888 885-PLAN. That's 888-885-PLAN. Or you can go online to insightfolios.com and get in touch through the website. Kevin, another area where we see some imminent disaster. Two two more examples over the next few minutes here. No plan for long-term care expenses. Speaking Mm -hmm. of things that can blow up a portfolio, you'll you'll burn through money pretty quick if you don't have uh, preparation in this area. So I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, Walter. You ready? Yes. Do you have house insurance? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Why? case it burns down case i can replace down. it yeah replace it do you have car insurance yes i do do mm-hmm. you have insurance on your iphone i don't have an iphone you don't have an i'm iPhone. an android okay. guy yeah all right but you're, you're getting my drift right you you insure lots of things yeah I, u- I, wanna... I used to get the insurance on the phones but now now i you're, just you're, you're tech savvy I, I don't drop them anymore <laughs> <laughs> in the pool <laughs> uh, yeah that's right well i got the one that was waterproof so even if i drop it in the pool in theory it's supposed to be okay we'll see there you go. But, but the point here is we insure all kinds of things, boats, trailers, campers, RVs, homes, without giving it a second thought. But what don't people insure is their biggest asset that's taken an entire lifetime to grow. And that's your, that's your 401ks, that's your savings, all those types of things. And Walter, you just hit it on the head. That can blow up your plan really quickly. So in our area, we just had somebody come in here and we talked to him. It's $92,000 per year. 92,000. Okay. Per year for That's just a small chunk of change. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to be in there number 1? No. Mm-hmm. No, nobody wants to be in there, right? So if we take our example we just used a few minutes ago, you grew a quarter million dollars to a half a million dollars and it's $92,000 a year. How long before you burn through that? Oh, you're going to burn through it quickly. I mean, the only matter of years, you'll be done. Five years, right? Yeah, five years. Yeah. So uh, this is one thing that people overlook consistently because it's it's kind of boring and it's expensive. It can be expensive if if you buy the long-term care insurance. There's hybrid policies out there. Sometimes, you know, people have old life insurance policies. We can really, you know, um, use that benefit and help you in long-term care. But you have to address it because most of us, let's face it, when we get older, that's our number one fear is I'm going to outlive my money. And and number two is I'm going to go to long-term care and it's going to eat it all up. So, Walter, do I asked you this a minute ago, but nobody wants to go into a long-term care Mm -mm. facility. So if you had a choice, would you stay at home or go to long-term care? You'd stay at home. So do you think these policies pay for at-home insurance, you know, to keep you in the home? Probably not all of them, but maybe some do. Is that where the nuances are between the different policies? Yeah, yeah. depending on what you're doing, right? 
the majority of them. So I'll give an example again. My mom and dad have long-term care insurance and I made sure they had it because my great-grandmother spent 12 years in a nursing home and I can see what I seen what it did to the family. 12 years. 12 yeah, years. That's a long time. And it's because, you know, she, she needed around the clock care. So don't go down that road. If you want, if you, if you plan properly, you know, a lot of times we can keep you staying at home. Um, because that's what some of these policies will pay for. If you're thinking about it, and I can almost guarantee that, Walter, if we ask 10 people randomly off the street, do you know somebody that's been in a long-term care situation? How many of those 10 you think are going to mm. say yes? I mean, if if they're the age group that most of our listeners are, you're going to be 9 out of 10, if, exactly. if not 10 out of 10. Yeah, not 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So we've all seen it. We've all experienced it. We all know somebody, but the majority of us don't plan for it. Don't go down that road. Plan for it because as we grow older, we're going to be facing it more and more. And as we grow older and you want to buy the insurance, guess what? It gets more expensive. And you also have to qualify for this. You don't get it automatically. You have to be healthy. So if you're younger, that's a good reason to start looking into this. Why you're healthy is going to be less, less, you know, less costly. And you're going to, it's going to be easier to get because you're healthy. This is a big one that people overlook that can really destroy their portfolio. Take care of it ahead of time and sit down and do that planning process. If you have not gone through any sort of planning in that regard when it comes to long-term care expenses, how to handle it, what your options are, reach out to Kevin and start the conversation uh, with that. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. All right, last but not least, Kevin, the classic 60-40 portfolio. This one might seem like an oddball to include with the rest of the ones that we've covered. Like how can just a portfolio mix be such imminent danger? Well, when you said 60-40, how many people, let's say we have 10 people listening, Walter. How many knew what you're talking about? Uh, well, definitely not as many as the long-term care experience. Um, maybe, maybe four. Out, well, I'll, I'll go with the ratio, but I'll say it's on the 40 side, four out of, four out of 10. <laughs> I, would say, I would say eight out of 10. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, All yeah. Right. I would say eight out of 10 because it's been ingrained in this for how many You've years? got a better pulse on that, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So the 60-40, what are we talking about? 60% stocks, 40% bonds. So the idea behind this 60-40 is when the stock market goes up, I'll have 40% sitting in bonds that'll offset my losses that I'm having in stocks. But does that happen all the time, Walter? No, and especially not in today's world where things are so much more out of whack in the economy than less predictable than maybe in the past. So when interest rates rise, bonds go down typically. So we had a perfect storm a couple of times. In 2008, the, the, the tide went out on all ships. Didn't matter if you had 60, 40, tide was out. Last year, during when the, all the rate rises that the Fed had put in there, your CD rates went up, the I-bond rates went up, but typically your bond funds went down. So if you had a 60, 40 mix, your account across the board went down. And if you held that 60, 40 to offset some of the volatility, it always doesn't work. Now, for most advisors, we knew that they were going to raise rates. How did we know that, Walter? Because they told us, right? Yep. You heard it. How many times you hear it? The Fed's going to raise the rates. They're going to raise rates. They're going to raise rates. Yep. But, but we all know that when they raise rates, the bonds go down in value. And some, if you have longer term bonds, they went down over 20%. That's why the 60-40 notion is different. That's why when you sit down and you do the planning process through the simplicity plan, we, we're going to do reviews with you and we're going to review. Let's think of that 60-40 as your players on the Detroit Lions football team. Okay. Okay. 60% are going to be players. 40% are going to be backups, you know, for just in case the, the players go down. But in this particular instance, we need to look at those players every single year. We're going to trade some. We're going to bring some in. Same way in your portfolio. 
Once you have a portfolio, it's not necessarily going to stay that way the rest of your life. We need to look at it and see the conditions that are going on in the market. If interest rates are rising, we know that the bonds are going to suffer. On the other hand, sooner or later, the interest rates are going to go back down and the bonds should go back up. There's certain times when this makes sense and there's certain times when it does not. That's my point here. So don't think a 60-40 is going to offset your volatility every single year because it won't. And that's why the planning process is critical. You come in, you sit down, you talk to your advisor each and every year and you're going to look at those players. You're going to look at your portfolio and you're going to adjust those players as you're going into retirement and through retirement to keep you afloat. And that just makes perfect sense. So if you're not sitting down with your advisor, you're not having that conversation, you're not satisfied, you need to you need to get to that point where you're satisfied. And if that's you and you don't have an advisor and you're looking for one, come on in because that's what we do here each and every week. I love this income planning process. That's what I'm all about and getting you to and through retirement. So don't procrastinate on that one as well. Again, that number to call to reach Kevin Ray is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-PLAN. Kevin is born and raised in Penn Conning, and he's been serving the area for decades, helping people get to and through retirement with solid financial plans and retirement plans. 888-885-PLAN is the number to call to reach him, 888-885-PLAN. Don't hesitate if you've got any questions. There's no dumb questions, right, when it comes to uh, retirement planning. We all have different education levels and comfort levels with handling money and, and figuring out all these different moving parts. And so it pays to work with somebody who's got those three decades of experience in this space. So tap into that knowledge. Kevin, as we said at the beginning of the show, a, a veteran times six from our five-year yeah. definition of what makes a veteran. Uh, times six veteran Kevin Ray can uh, answer all your questions and get you on the right path path to retirement. 888-885-PLAN, the number to call with those questions, 888-885-PLAN, and you can talk one-on-one with Kevin about your financial future. More coming up on today's show. Stay with us. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. It's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. So Kevin, my question for you this week are you superstitious about anything? Doesn't well, mean you're look, a superstitious person, but you can right, still have right. a superstition maybe about a couple of things. I'm not really, but if right now, Walter, if you look at my arm and my stomach and my side, okay. it's all in red blisters. Okay. Because I, I was out helping my brother-in-law. Uh, is, is, this, is this a TMI kind of thing here? No, no, it's all in red blisters. I don't have herpes <laughs> or anything like that, but... I have poison ivy. Oh, brutal! So mm. I was—I'm never superstitious about. And if it's going blistering, that's that's like you got it pretty good, right? I got it—I got it pretty good, yeah. Oof. So from this point forward, I'm going to be very superstitious about bending down and picking anything up out of the woods. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know if that's the definition of superstition, but we'll allow no. it for today's show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, you know, when it comes down to I'm not really superstitious about anything. But superstitious would be like, now that this has happened to you, you know, you're going to, I, I don't know, it was because you did something that morning that was different than every other time. So you're going to make sure not to do that thing ever again. Or well, now to, yeah. to protect yourself, you're going to wear different socks socks that'll protect you from the exactly that's what i said before i go out in the woods and pick up any more wood at my brother-in-law's i'm going to be very very careful yes yes Yes. well that's very wise please do that what superstition or not just yeah be careful with that stuff it's no fun it is but i'm not you know don't worry about stepping on the crack or you know breaking a glass or (laughs) that stuff that stuff yeah that stuff doesn't bother me no (laughs) 
I, I'm only superstitious about, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, sports is where their superstition comes out. So I get a little bit that way. I like to, uh, I like to bring out all of my paraphernalia for my, you know, my, I'm a big New Jersey Devils fan, right? Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Red Wings fans. It's just what I grew up loving. And so I pull out all of my like Devils paraphernalia and put it all up in the living room whenever we watch the games in the playoffs. And if I don't do that, they're going to lose. So I got to, I got to put it up for them to, you know, to get the victory. Isn't that the Seinfeld ep- episode with Putty? Yeah, Putty's a Devils fan. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very popular in the Devils community. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he goes to at least one game a year and paints his face and does it. They they have like Putty Night and people paint their faces. I think and yeah. he he usually attends and they make a big deal out of it. So it's pretty funny. I I'm not really superstitious, but uh, maybe maybe the, during the next ten or fifteen years I will. Who knows? Yeah, maybe you'll you'll add to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, very cool. Well, that's uh, getting to know Kevin a little bit better on today's show. Now we want to get to know you. Coming up next, we'll answer one of our listener questions to wrap things up for the week. So stay tuned to Simply Financial. Let's see what people are saying about those other financial guys out there. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Ooh, looks like you'd better stick with us. Well, just about time to wrap things up here on Simply Financial today. Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, and it is uh, mailbag time. We open up one of our listener questions here and try to answer it as best as we can on the show. You can submit a question to be featured on a future episode if you'd like by going to insightfolios.com and clicking on the listen button. Nora is our question asker this week, and Nora says, My husband died recently, and I was, of course, the beneficiary of his fairly large IRA. We were just talking about beneficiaries Beneficiaries. earlier on the show. Nora says, someone told me that I have to withdraw the entire account balance and pay all of the taxes within just a few years. Is that correct? Hmm. Good question, Nora. And let's back up just for a minute, Walter, in the beneficiary aspect. Because he made you the beneficiary, Nora, that avoided probate, and now you can do what's called a spousal assumption. Spousal assumption. Assumption. Okay. Yep. So you can put this in your name, Nora, because you are the spouse, and you ha- you are going to be required to take what's called required minimum distributions, but you do not have to cash in an entire account balance and pay the taxes all up front. Now th- there's a confusion on this because a few years ago they changed the law for your ben- for your children or other beneficiaries. You know you could stretch this out, but now if this goes down to your children, Nora they're required to liquidate this account over the next 10 years. So that's probably what somebody is thinking when they give you that information. But for you, no, you can just put that in your name, do the spousal assumption that we're talking about. And then when you get to the required minimum distribution age, or if you're there, you need to start taking out required minimum distributions from that account, and that'll satisfy the IRS as far as taxes. You don't have to cash it in, you don't have to pay all those taxes. It's the next generation that we're talking about. So this is, this will go back to that tax time bond too, right, Walter? Yeah. So, you know, this is a good time in order to sit down and, and, and look at this and say, now, if this goes from me to my children, let's say, how can we lessen the taxes? Maybe there's some strategies that you can sit down and look at. But for you, Nora, you can just end up putting this IRA in your name and you can go on just like you've always gone on when your husband was here. And now you can take out your required minimum distributions when that time comes. If you get any other questions, give me a call. I'll be happy to sit down and talk to you and walk you through this. Uh, well, fantastic. Great question, Nora. We appreciate you uh, reaching out and um, sorry you're going through this tough 
tough time and trying to make all of these uh, decisions. Uh, it can be very tough to make the right choices, but it sounds like you've got your head together, asking the right questions before taking you know some sort of major action there. And please go through some further planning to make sure that you get everything correct and right here. The number to call to get in touch with Kevin and have a deeper conversation and get into the nuances of all this is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin's a financial coach at Insight Folios, born and raised in Penn Connings, been living and working here his whole life, knows what's important to people in the community and, and what drives you and what you're looking for typically in retirement and how to put together those best plans for you. So again, reach out if you have any questions at all on something you've heard on the show today, or even if it's a, a topic we didn't cover today, I'm sure Kevin will have some great insight for you. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888 885 7526. Thanks for joining us on this week's show. Kevin, appreciate your insight. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend, my friend. Stay warm. All right, we'll do. Everybody take care. We'll see you next time on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.